presented by Amazon. Good morning, Playbookers. I'm Rogan Wolin. It's Tuesday. Maybe not a surprise, but no less shocking. What's next after Justice Samuel Alito's February draft opinion on Roe? It's your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. The Constitution makes no reference to abortion, and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision. Thus begins Justice Samuel Alito's February draft opinion that would end the constitutional right to abortion in America, obtained exclusively by Politico's Josh Gerstein and Alexander Ward. Here's the thing, we knew this was coming ever since last December's oral arguments in the Mississippi abortion case. It seemed likely there was a majority on the court to overrule Roe and Casey. But while not a surprise, it was still shocking to see Alito's words in black and white. The culmination of a half a century of legal conservatives organizing around the idea that Roe was wrongly decided and needed to be reversed. In his opinion, Alito anticipated a fierce political backlash coming and offered a preemptive response. Quote, we cannot allow our decisions to be affected by any extraneous influences, such as concern about the public's reaction to our work. Senator Bernie Sanders was one of the first out of the gate with the demand that Democrats in Congress use their majority to codify Roe into law. He wrote, quote, and if there aren't 60 votes in the Senate to do it, and there are not, we must end the filibuster to pass it with 50 votes. The only problem with that, there may not be 50 votes for it in the Senate, by way of Politico's Burgess Everett. Quote, there really is no scenario where the 50-50 Senate gets rid of the filibuster for abortion legislation this year. Manchin is anti-abortion rights, and Collins and Murkowski wouldn't vote to change the Senate rules under a Democratic majority. Speaking of Senator Collins... The Supreme Court seems poised to do what Collins assured her abortion rights supporting main constituents that it would never do when she voted to confirm Kavanaugh. Here's a quote from a conversation she had back in 2018 with the reporter. The question, why do you think Kavanaugh would not repeal or overturn Roe v. Wade? Collins' answer, quote, because he's agreed that the concept of precedent is rooted in Article 3 of the Constitution, and he clearly reveres our Constitution. He also believes that it is not sufficient, since I asked him this directly, for five sitting judges to believe that an earlier decision was incorrectly decided. He said it would have to be grievously wrong and deeply inconsistent. Finally, he also pointed to the age of the precedent. Roe was decided in 1973, and it was reaffirmed 26 years ago in Planned Parenthood versus Casey. So there's been a reliance on Roe for 45 years, and he says that that matters. Reliance matters. In his 98-page draft opinion, Alito blasted through each of those arguments about precedent. Quote, the doctrine on which Casey's controlling opinion was based does not compel unending adherence to Roe's abuse of judicial authority. Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Justice Brett Kavanaugh apparently agrees with him. The Senate is in session, so expect Collins to be chased around by reporters all week, questioning her judgment about what Kavanaugh would do on Roe and whether it could change her view of going nuclear on the filibuster. Here's a question. Is this only about Roe? Since December's oral arguments, Roe's defenders have said that the legal logic behind dismantling Roe could easily apply to other Supreme Court opinions that rest on protecting, quote, fundamental rights that are not specifically enumerated in the Constitution, and specifically opinions more recent than Casey dealing with same-sex marriage, anti-sodomy laws, and civil rights. Lita takes pains to knock down the idea that the end of Roe could be a domino toppling these other decisions, quote, to ensure that our decision is not misunderstood or mischaracterized, we emphasize that our decision concerns the constitutional right to abortion and no other right. Nothing in this opinion should be understood to cast doubt on precedents that do not concern abortion. That, of course, is how this rarely works. Successful legal arguments get borrowed and expanded, and the opinion writer's buried disclaimer gets forgotten. Politically, this will be a potent rallying cry for Democrats. It won't end with abortion. 
Next, they'll come from contraception and gay marriage. This what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 10.30 a.m. Eastern, President Joe Biden will leave the White House for Montgomery, Alabama, arriving at 11.55 a.m. At 1.10, Biden will visit a Lockheed Martin facility that makes Javelin anti-tank missiles and other weapon systems in Troy, Alabama, where he'll speak about military aid to Ukraine at 2 p.m. At 4.15, Biden will leave Montgomery, arriving back at the White House at 7.35. Here's what's on the vice president's calendar. Vice President Kamala Harris will deliver remarks at the 30th annual We Are Emily National Conference and Gala. Press Secretary Jen Psaki will gaggle on Air Force One on the way to Alabama. The Senate will meet at 10 a.m. with a recess at 12.30 for weekly conference meetings. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg will testify before the Commerce Committee at 10 a.m. The House is out today. And one last thing, today voters in the Buckeye State will go to the polls in 2022's first major test of Trump's hold on the GOP primary electorate. You can catch a preview of Ohio's primary in today's playbook. All right, for more news, what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Just going to let you know, I am dealing with a bit of a cold today, so I apologize if I sounded a bit muffled. I'm Raghuma Navalin. Have a good Tuesday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. Only 23% of workers have access to paid parental leave, according to the U.S. Department of Labor. That number is even worse for hourly workers. Amazon is proud to provide up to 20 weeks of fully paid leave for hourly employees. Learn how Amazon supports hourly employees at amazon.com slash 20 weeks. That's amazon.com slash 20 weeks.